Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Shalom, my homies. Welcome to a very special Netflix and Spoil podcast for a non-spoiler review of Army of the Dead. Uh, I am Dan, and I am not joined by Caleb because Caleb is on vacation and can't watch this movie yet. So instead, I am joined by another man uh, who is also bald, uh, also in North Carolina, and also saw this movie with me in theaters. Gerald, how are you? Dan, what's up, brother? Thanks for having me. Uh, I wouldn't do this with anybody else because it'd be weird, considering you and I went on a Friday night. Yeah. To go see Army of the Dead, uh, our first movie in theaters that we saw together since uh, November, which uh, you had to remind me was Fat Man. That's right. Yeah. This was not quite as good as that experience. No. Yeah. No, it mm-hmm. wasn't. Uh, <laughs> but that's showing our hand. Also, Gerald, you have a YouTube video up right now uh, with yeah. your thoughts. So basically, this is going to be point counterpoint non-spoiler review. Okay. I'm really telling that to you and everybody else. But uh, yeah. Don't, don't expect uh, favorable things. So let's get into the particulars. Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder directs, writes. Uh, the story is by him. Uh, the screenplay by him, Shay Hatton, and uh, Joby Harold. This is a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, it will be releasing this Friday, this coming Friday, on Netflix. Following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries takes the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. Uh, stars Dave Batista, Ella Purnell, and uh, Anna de Regera. There we go. De la Regera. There we go. So You see what they did there? Taking the ultimate gamble. You see what they did there? No. <laughs> Vegas gambling. Oh, well, okay. I didn't know you were going to go that obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were so witty with that. Well, I mean, even the poster art that I used, like, hey, Gerald and I are in theaters watching this now. Like, it, it, it's all casino-based and that kind of shit. So I was like, yeah, they're really playing on the, the Vegas motif. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Uh, Gerald, like I said, you already have a, a YouTube review. So, uh, anyway, why don't you tell us what you think, or what you thought of Army of the Dead? Sure, man. Uh, you know, to keep it spoiler-free, like you said, I mean, just my kind of general thoughts were that I did have fun with it, but there were a couple really glaring issues that I had that, you know, took away overall for me, namely the dragging of it towards the last, I don't know, 30 minutes of the film. It just kind of continued on and on and on and on. And you just felt like it should have been over much sooner. At least I did. That was a big one. And then I just didn't connect to many of the characters in the film. I like Dave Bautista's performance and Ella Purnell, who played his daughter, which I mentioned on my video as well. But literally, aside from those two folks, I had a hard time really getting behind any of the human components and relationships, you know, again, without giving anything away. But I just didn't really connect to any of that other stuff. I was more entertained by the zombie stuff that was going on and wanting to learn more about why they were the way they were and why certain ones were different than others. And things like that, and Snyder never really explored that, even though he had a a two-and-a-half-hour movie here. So that kind of irked me. I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. Like, I I didn't walk away hating the movie, but it definitely wasn't 
you know, because I'm, I'm a horror guy, as you know, so it definitely wasn't what I was expecting in terms of an enjoyment level. Well, uh, you say you didn't walk away hating it. Uh, meanwhile, I did. And famously, at least between the two of us, I am the Zack Snyder apologist. Like, I, yeah. I, I will make any kind of excuse I can for a Zack Snyder movie. Uh, this one will get no such treatment from me. I think this movie fucking sucks. Okay. Uh, the script is... It's, I can't tell if it's the script or the editing that is the worst part and what makes this movie feel so disjointed. But it's one of the two, and that's not a good thing. Because, like, it feels like Zack Snyder, again, made a three-plus-hour movie, and then they were like, no, you gotta cut this down, guy. Like, this this can't be, you know, three fucking hours. We gotta have, yeah. like, two and a half at, at most. Yeah, and, I could see that. Because, like, um... And like I said, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a, a revelation like two thirds of the way through the movie where a character all of a sudden like professes their love for another character. And I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from? <laughs> right. like, it's, it just comes out of nowhere. But then like almost immediately after that happens, you're like, oh, something bad's going to happen to this character because there's no reason for this like random revelation halfway through the movie. Like we've mm -hmm. never built to this. It just happens. Right. So either, and you're right, it could be an editing thing or it could be a writing or maybe a mix of both, but you're right. And that's what I'm talking about is that whatever was missing there, you know, whether it just wasn't written in, which is obviously a glaring omission, or if it was possibly edited around it in the wrong places, but we should have been connected to that relationship way before then. And not to give it away, but what you're talking about specifically, we find out that revelation and then something happens right after it that we're supposed yeah. to care about. And it's like, well, we don't really, I mean, we haven't even processed what we just found out. So I agree with you. And that's, that kind of leads to my point too. So I think we're in agreement there. I guess I'm just not being as hard on it as you are, but I do. I also really think that's a disadvantage to this movie. Now I, I compared it to, you know, the monster verse with Godzilla versus Kong. It's very similar for me where I love the non-human stuff a lot in this movie and right. the human stuff. I was just kind of like, okay, let's get back to the zombies, you know? So it was very similar in that way. The zombie stuff is far more interesting. They ha they they have a society, as you said in your in in your uh, <laughs> review. They live in the society, mm -hmm. and it's interesting because there's a hierarchy. Uh, you know, different things happen uh, based off of who bites who. Like there, there's this alpha zombie, and apparently, if you get bitten by the alpha zombie, you retain like some sort of cognitive ability. Not like anything in in amazing or incredible, but like mm -hmm. you're able to like gesticulate, articulate, articulate to a degree. You can't you can't speak, but like people can sort of understand what you're doing. And we saw that when they get into the zone, like, oh, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. But then they spend a bunch of time on this fucking heist that I don't care about. Right. Because they haven't connected me to any of the characters. Also, there's like 10 exactly. people in this fucking squad. Why? Yeah. Why are there so yeah. many people? I agree. I I did not like the human stuff. I thought Batista did good. I you thought know, he was okay. Yeah, especially for what, you know, we've seen him in to date. I felt like, I mean, yeah, this is an action, you know, role for him too. I'm not saying that it's not, but there were some different like dramatic elements that we have not seen from him to this point, especially like in the last act of the film with, you know, what befalls him and his family. So we got to see a little more emotionality from him as an actor. And I thought he did really well. He really surprised me because, and not to take anything away from him or insult him in any way, but you look at Dave Bautista and you don't right. go, wow, that's a great Oscar winning actor. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he did surprise me. Yeah. He, I mean, he's a, a former professional wrestler. 
Like, you right. don't expect this kind of, like, I don't expect The Rock to pull off this kind of role. I don't expect John right. Cena to pull off this kind of role. I don't expect, like, Hulk Hogan to pull off this kind of role or, like, anybody right. who's in that, that space. I expect him to kind of be like, you know, Drax is about the extent I thought he would ever really be successful. Like, he can be the goofy mm-hmm. guy or he can be, like, the meat the the yep. big heavy guy for you know a villain i never really saw him as a leading man type here i don't want to fault him because i like i said i don't think it's his fault that i don't feel really any sort of connection to his character but you know when he's doing his thing it's like okay yeah he's he's doing stuff but is it good not really and maybe that's mm-hmm. the source material maybe that's the editing also helping uh me not connect to it but I mean, ultimately, I'm just like, yeah, Batista, Batista's whatever. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's his first leading role that I can think of. But otherwise, yeah, like, he yeah. was he was in that he was in that like spy hard movie with the kid where he was the oh yeah like, James, James Bond dude last year or whatever. That was actually pretty good too. It was on Amazon Prime, but he didn't have any kind of like dramatic turn in that movie though. It was just an action movie where some comedy built into it or whatever. But he did good in that too. Right. So I mean, like it's. You know, Batista's fine. Uh, th- like his daughter is fine. Like their their whole story mm-hmm. is interesting, right? But it doesn't get a lot of time because we have to spend other time on other characters that literally don't matter. Like there's another sequence where between two characters, I'm like, why are these two going off by themselves? And they start yeah. explaining like, hey, we made a deal, and it's like, when, how? Yeah, didn't you guys just fucking meet? Like when when could you have possibly made such a deal? Right, and they they also try to like cultivate this kind of like harbor this friendship that started from like a disdain and then these two kind of like people that don't really like each other start to come together as friends the dude that was the one who was gonna open the safe and then the black guy that was the one with the giant saw i can't remember their names i'm sorry but the two of them didn't really like each other and then they try to like they they become friends and it's like we must have missed something like how did this happen that they're like (laughs) you know like doing stuff for each other now without I mean, I get it, but it's like, I feel like there were some scenes cut that would have helped us as the audience connect to that friendship a little bit more. Like, it almost feels like whenever they get into the quarantine zone and then they go to the casino itself, there's not a lot of stuff in terms of growth for mm-hmm. any of these characters to go through. Like, they, they other than one massive mishap, which gives us arguably the best action scene of the, of the movie which gets blown, it's load blown in the first hour. I, like, you, you watch that and you just go, there's a whole lot of shit, like, based off of where they are in the strip, there's a lot more stuff for them to go through. Like, And they mm-hmm. and all they're going through is, like, one hotel, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're, we're exactly where we need to be. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. You know, I mean, if you, if you take out a lot of the just excessive, like, human relationship stuff that, seemed like it we were missing something and then like this excessive dialogue and like backstory to these other characters i and it, well by doing that by default you would be shaving like 30 minutes off the movie <laughs> so if you do that right away you're killing two birds with one stone in terms of my gripes with the movie it would not have been over two hours and it would have been more focused on i mean if you want to focus on the heist and the heist is a way for us to get more zombie action then that's fine but I just wish they would have committed one way or the other. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And then, uh, I mean, the on-the-nose song choices. I mean, Zack Snyder's never really known for his subtlety. I will say, the one positive that I take out of this movie is very little slow-mo. Yeah, we were mentioning that. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't as heavy as I thought it would be. Like, Justice League, for instance, Like I was like, all right, 
I'm tired of the Amazon lamentations. Like, we got enough slow-mo here. Uh, and I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. This movie, I think there's like two slow-mo shots and throughout the entire thing. One is like the cool slow-mo shot where like it's panning across everybody and they're all shooting their guns. And it's like, right, I that, enjoyed that, that, that one. That kind of like, quote-unquote, iconic action shot mm-hmm. where, you know, you get that every time. I enjoyed that. Uh, and then the other time, I can't remember. So like, obviously, like one of the least Zack Snyder movies for like his signature trademark mm-hmm. that I can yeah. think of. Yeah. I, I was I was surprised too by the lack of slow mo, <laughs> but I guess pleasantly surprised. But yeah, there were maybe maybe three or four maybe tops, but I mean they were pretty short too. It wasn't like long drawn out slow motion sequences. And then uh, you, I mean, you brought it up to the ending. The ending sucks like a lot. Uh, I won't give away what the ending is, but it, you you said it ends like four times. It ends like three times. So yeah. don't don't be hyperbolic, Gerald. Just say just say the correct number. Well, I couldn't remember because <laughs> I felt like it, I went through it so many times <laughs> at the yeah. end. But I swear to God, there was like a moment where I literally was doing that thing where I was raising up off my seat to stand up and leave the theater. And it, and it kept going. Like physically, I was like this. And then I was like, oh, never mind. It's still happening. So, yeah, two or three at least, quote unquote, endings in the last 15 to 20 minutes of the movie, which were, was kind of crazy. And then there's like this emotional scene that happens between two main characters at the at, in that last act, too. That would have been, I think, a great... In- First of all, he needed to tighten that up a little bit. Yes. You know what I'm talking about with the helicopter and the thing and all that. He, I felt like that scene needed to be tightened up a little bit. Like, he really spent a long time kind of, like, surveying the landscape and the wreckage. And, like, it's like, let's just get to the, you know, to what they're talking about. Let's get to the dialogue. Let's get to the moment that we know we're about to experience. And it just kind of took a long time to get there in that one scene... But if that had been the end, then it would have been okay because he would have been building to that climax. But that wasn't the climax. That was, I mean, are we in agreement that that was easily the most important ending? Like that was the most important thing that would have happened to wrap the story up, I feel like. Yes. Yeah. I I don't want to say why, why but yes. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't. And then we went to these like two other like little, I mean, I don't even know if you want to call them cliffhangers. I mean, I don't know what you call them, but these two little just like hook things, you know? They're definitely sequel setups. They're like, and it's, I, I don't know why. Like, I, I really don't know why. We're like, because I look at this, I, unless this does bonkers numbers for Netflix, I don't see why Netflix would do a second movie. I think it probably will. I mean, look how much, you know, well, I know Kong versus Godzilla had a wider release in cinemas, but I mean, look at all the money that made for HBO Max. So, I don't know if it's going to be those numbers, but I do feel like this is going to probably do really well. We'll it, see. I, although, although it does depend on some of the reviews in the next week, which most of them surprisingly have been super favorable that I've seen. So I don't know, man. I just, you know, the ending, let's shave some time off this, Zack Snyder. Like, you know, you had the four hour Snyder cut, which I was glad you were able to get that out there because even being four hours and me hating movies that go over two hours. Even I liked that movie because I was like, okay, this is 50 times better than what we got before. But here it's like, why is it two and a half hours and we're missing so many components? You, you know what I mean? Like, right. if it was that long, it should be a cohesive, like, vision, like the Snyder Cut was for Justice League. Like, that was a cohesive vision that I kind of afterwards was able to go, okay, I can see why it was four hours. We needed all of that storytelling to, to play out. But here we get that long drawn out movie with 
in my opinion, a lack of storytelling and a lack of kind of explanation to some of the human elements in the movie. Right. And I agree. Like, uh, I, I believe I, I said this on like an old Epic Film Guys episode where we, talk, we were talking about Watchmen. And I went, Zack Snyder has a real inability to write anything under three hours. And it's a, <laughs> it is a, it's a real problem. Because yeah. when, when his movies are under three hours, they're, they're not that great. Like right. uh, BVS, uh, like I having watched like, I think I watched like 45 minutes of the theatrical cut and I just went, holy fuck, I see why everyone hates this movie. But then I watched like the ultimate edition, like there's a lot of explanation that aids, uh, that, that adds depth to characters that is completely mm-hmm. missing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it comes down to Zack Snyder's inability to self-edit or learn how to parse things down into its simplest fat of form. He just wants to shove as much shit as possible into a movie and just goes, here you go, guys. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm not saying he's not a great storyteller or maybe if this was in like chapter books or something like that, you know, it would be amazing. But like, you're right. I mean, even if you look at most recently, you know, the Snyder Cut for Justice League, I mean, the character of Cyborg is like practically not even in (laughs) what we got in the theatrical cut. And look how much of his backstory we finally get to see. So I don't know what's missing from Army of the Dead, but I feel like something like that is missing, where we didn't get some pivotal scenes that would have really connected us to the love story that you mentioned or to, you know, the friendship between those two dudes that I mentioned. Like, there's just stuff missing that it's almost impossible as a neutral audience member to really connect to these people. Right. And I think that's my biggest gripe and ultimate disappointment is that I am the Zack Snyder apologist. And Mm -hmm. even I go, well... Even this plot is too hackneyed and contrived for me mm-hmm. because it just doesn't like nothing flows. Nothing makes sense. Everything you're doing is wrong. Right. Well, I'll just say to say something positive because I feel like you're not going to have very many positive things to say. I have but one what positive I... thing. OK. Would well, you want to give yours first? Go ahead. I think you and I, it might be the same thing. I like the gore effects. Okay. The gore effects yeah. are pretty fucking awesome. Like someone gets their neck snapped and you see the their fucking uh, spine come out of their, their body. And I was like, oh my God, that's fucking awesome. Like when this movie gets brutal, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, that's true. I love that. Really, it just comes down to the zombie stuff for me, which is that's included in part of that. But I, you know, I was spoiler free on my video and I know you want to be spoiler free here, but I'll just say there's things in this zombie world, in this universe that Snyder created in Army of the Dead specifically, that we've never seen before in this genre. And I really respect that. And I give him credit for having the balls to do that. I don't want to mention some things because they are kind of like holy shit moments if you're into the story. And I think you might know what I'm talking about with some of the, I don't know what you would call them, like top tier zombies in this movie or whatever. Uh, But they're able to do things and things happen (laughs) in their world that we have not seen before in a zombie uh, a fictional zombie tale. So I really like that. I thought that was innovative. And, and again, I thought that was really courageous on his part as a, as a writer and as a filmmaker. Now, with that being said, and I mentioned in my video, I don't know if any of this is going to stick. I don't know if people that are zombie purists are going to see it and go, this guy's fucking out of his mind. Like, and nobody ever does it again. I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. It just kind of depends on if it sticks or not. But I did like that kind of you know, twist because I mean, the zombies are the. I mean, we've seen it. You know, right. we've seen it all. So it's like I like that he did something different with them, and then I did love the effects as well. So anything that had to do with the zombies in this movie, I was on board with. Yep, I agree. That's that is that is correct. The zombie stuff is by far the best stuff. The human stuff, the weakest stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that, Gerald, time to rate this thing. Uh, what would you give Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead? 
Well, I think you know, but I, I rated it on a letterbox yeah, two days ago, maybe, but I gave it a three, three out of five. I, you know, I had fun. And the reason I gave it that is because I had fun with it. You know, I was able to enjoy my time with it. The only time I wasn't really having fun was when I knew the zombie stuff was pretty much over and the movie kept going. <laughs> like it just didn't end, you know? Uh, and that really kind of irritated me because my interest level had was gone because I knew we weren't going to get that zombie story. I mean, again, I don't want to give anything away, but something happens in the end. So you go, okay, well that happens. So there's no more zombies, you know, and you go like, all right. And again, if the movie had ended, you know, maybe five minutes after that, it's like, all right, sweet. That was a great movie. Like, you know, I probably would have given it more, but I'm going to land on a three out of five. I mean, I did enjoy it with, with the exception of the gripes that I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, as for me, uh, I also give it a three. Oh, but, that's surprising. But not out of five, out of ten. It's a one and a uh, half. That movie, this movie okay. fucking sucks. I was going to say, uh, I didn't know you did three. Okay. Look, man, the plot contrivances, the editing, the or the editing slash writing, editing and or writing, those are, those are a fucking disaster. Uh, the, the ending, the tacked on ending that makes no sense, like, not, not doesn't make any sense, but also does, is completely unnecessary for the entire movie. Like, it just is like, hey, I'm planning a sequel. Do you guys want a sequel? It's like, okay, Zach, we get it. You want, you want sequels to all your shit, whatever. That's allowed. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I look at that and I go, fuck that. Uh, I don't know. Zombies. I mean, even, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I mean. I just thought of something, but even building up to what you're talking about and kind of like the sequel hanger or whatever at the end, even building up to that was way too fucking long. Like they could have done that scene with that character in like 30 seconds and we could have gotten the idea, you know what I mean? But that was a whole thing of him doing this and doing that and getting out of the, you know what I mean? It took like five minutes for us to get that one little second of a shot that we needed to get the idea. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's like, if you're going to edit it, edit around stuff to cut time, which I mean, you should, but don't, don't edit out like interpersonal shit that we need to get as an audience member, edit out all this fluff. You know, that thing when you have with the stewardesses or whatever, like we don't fucking need all that shit to get what you're trying to give us in the end there. I feel like, so I just thought of that as you were talking about it, that kind of irritated me too. Right. Right. That needs to, that like, if you're going to set up a sequel, 30 seconds at most, 30 seconds sting, get in, get out, get going. Uh, yeah. Instead, he spent about five minutes on it, and you know, I was like, they really need a good ending to stick this. <laughs> right. And, and when it, the the first ending actually happens, I'm like, okay, it's a solid enough ending. I'm probably going to go a two out of five. Like it, it's it's not it's not anything spectacular. Where I went, oh, I'm super impressed by this. It it was like, okay, this is a very standard ending, but it, they they did their thing, they said their piece, and now we're moving on. And then the movie went for five more minutes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah. So there's so that's it. Um, yeah, I got nothing else to say. Uh, I, I'm just vastly disappointed in Army of the Dead. Uh, and man, <laughs> I mean, I'm the voice of positivity on this particular review. But I, you know, if you like zombie stuff, if you like horror stuff, I, I mean, I say give it a go. It's it's just just know that it's two and a half hours long, and there's a lot of fluff in there that doesn't really need to be. But when the zombies are on screen. And when they're in the kind of zombie world, it that's when I enjoy it the most, which is probably maybe, I don't know, maybe half of the movie, maybe, is yeah, with the zombies. Yeah, a little bit more than an hour. Yeah, so I, I feel like it's worth it for that, but I, I agree with a lot of the same things that Dan um, didn't like about it. I guess I'm just not being as hard on it. And I'll be as hard on it as I want to, because that's me. So yeah, uh, thank you, Gerald. Uh, I'll see you later this week for uh, Five Stream for the Cure. Uh, check the show notes for a link to that. 
Uh, also, give me all of your one-star reviews, Zack Snyder lovers, because I am also a Zack Snyder apologist, and you guys have no excuse. <laughs> I, hey, I liked the movie and gave it a pretty favorable review on YouTube, and I got my first dislike over there. So. Yeah, the, the I was like, no, it was well-written and cohesive, but good try. And to which I yeah. say to that guy, uh, get a better education if you think this is well-written and cohesive, because yeah. you're wrong. Of all the things to retort back to me on, I was like, really? Okay, all right. Maybe he read the full script. Maybe he got to read the stuff that we were missing. I don't know, Dan. I mean, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So, uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, check out the show notes for five stream for the cure information. And Gerald, you're a two piece at a pod. Uh, I'll link that in the show notes as well. Okay, cool. Uh, utilize the show notes, folks. They're they're super useful. So uh, thank you for listening, everybody. The special report slash whatever you want to fucking call it. Uh, and we will see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.